Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, and welcome back to Gunfighter Life, where we talk about gunfighting the right way with Judeo-Christian ethics and worldview and from a first-hand real-world perspective. As we're here in the bio, God's blessed me to do a lot of different things in regards to gunfighting, and I hope to pass down that knowledge and experience to others. Today, we're going to be talking about lesser-known guns. This is going to be Volume 2. I did a Volume 1. You can look it up in your feed. This is going to be some other lesser-known guns. So, let's get together like men and hang out and talk about guns, something that, you know, guys that like guns do. So, let's get together as part of this virtual community and do that. I'll roll into the bio and then into the main topic. If you want to skip the bio, you can skip to about three and a half to four minutes in. That should get you pretty close. Before you do, don't forget to like, subscribe, and write a review of the podcast. With that, first and foremost, I am a Christian. I make no apologies for that. It is first and foremost in my life. The greatest of all the commandments. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I don't apologize for that. I am an alpha male, and as such, I follow the ultimate male, the ultimate alpha male, the greatest man that ever lived, Jesus Christ. A little bit about my background. In addition to that, I am a veteran. I've been to war. I served in both the United States Marine Corps and the Infantry and the United States Army, both full-time and part-time National Guard. Said joined at uh, 17, went to war more than once. I also served in law enforcement. I worked as a police officer in LAPD doing patrol assignments and more specialized assignments, tracking down fugitives and those kind of jobs. I also served as a private contractor for the U.S. government in an agency for an agency I won't specify. By God's grace, he got me through all that, alive and in one piece, both physically and mentally. Not because I deserved it, not because I was better than those men who didn't, strictly because God chose to have love and mercy on me. In addition to that, I started competition shooting even before I joined the Marine Corps at 17. I've been blessed to win more shooting competitions than I can remember, both rifle and pistol. Um, Mostly pistol are most of my competition and championship wins, but I have also competed in you know, muzzle loader, archery, shotgun, knife throwing, hatchet throwing. I've been very blessed with those talents and I try and use them and multiply them. I've done quite a bit of hunting and outdoor, I guess we'd say survival type activities, hunting and fishing all over this beautiful country. I have been a professional hunter and guide. Not many people today can see they've been a professional exotic and big game hunter of things like bison and exotic animals, but I have been one and I'm very blessed for that. I've also gone out into the wilderness by God's grace with a Bible and a shotgun and not just survived, but thrived. Also a professional firearms instructor for the United States Marine Corps. I was an urban warfare and desert warfare instructor under Mojave Viper. I'm also a FBI certified firearms instructor and have been for a lot of years. I'm uh, certified by some other three-letter government agency, NRA certified instructor, And I have taught at one of the big-name firearms shooting academies in the country. So I've been very blessed to win many competitions and be a shooting instructor for 
military, law enforcement, and civilians. I have served as a commander of a tactical team. My current full-time job is as a leader of a tactical team. My primary mission is to stop active shooters in a fairly large metropolitan area. Alright, enough about me and my bio, guys. Let's get into today's topic. Let's talk about... Alright, guys. Let's talk about some lesser-known guns. The first one is going to be the Benelli M3. Now, many people know of the Benelli M4, you know, the Marine Corps combat shotgun. I have owned one. I sold it. I did not much care for it. I owned a Benelli M1 Super 90, which I sold to get the M4, one of the guns I kind of regret selling. It was one of the original HK Benelli um, F M1 Super 90s, and it was a great gun. The only issue is it wasn't super versatile. I wanted to kind of do it all shotgun. I'm not a gun collector. I'm a gunfighter. So I sold it and got the Benelli M2 because it has more options with barrels and chokes. But enough about what I have. The Benelli M3. I really was looking at that hard trying to decide between the Benelli M2 and the Benelli M3. Now the Benelli M3, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of a really cool underrated design in that it is both semi-auto and pump. So you can go back and forth semi-auto and pump. There's another more famous shotgun that does this, the, I believe the Franke Spaz 12. You'll see that in a lot of movies and stuff. It looks really cool, but it has a reputation for not being super reliable. The Benelli M3 does not have that reputation. It has a very good reputation. It's a very good shotgun. It is, If it is anywhere near as reliable as the Benelli M1, M2, or M4 that I have owned, then it is ridiculously reliable. I've never personally owned one, but they're a very cool gun. They even made one in the... Um, you know, the marine finish, if you're in one of those, you know, more hostile, corrosive environments. Super cool gun, the Benelli M3. You can switch between pump and semi-auto. Um, you may want to do that if you're running things like super low recoil shells or less lethal ammunition. That may not cycle on all semi-autos. Also, if you want to manually, if you know how to do it, cycle between different kinds of loads. Um, let's say you're out, you know, in the wilderness and you're initially hunting for grouse and you realize there's you know a big deer elk in the area you can manually remove that shell with the pump and put in the munitions that you want and there are some really good reasons for a pump slash semi-auto and it's not ridiculously big if it's anywhere near the same size as the other Benelli's so the Benelli M3 is a super cool kind of unknown great shotgun you know the Benelli M2 is used by a lot of three gun shooters it's super popular in those circles it's super Popular for hunting, the Benelli M2 is a great gun. That's what I own. The Benelli M3 is kind of a really cool crossover tactical hunting shotgun. All right, next let's talk about a really cool 22, a 22 rifle for plinking and shooting and having fun. Most gun people know a lot about the Ruger 1022, um, and for good reason. It's a great gun of the Marlin Model 60, which is also great. But this is a little bit lesser known one, and it has some real advantages. It is the Remington Speedmaster, model 552. I have owned one of these. I don't own it anymore, but it is a really cool gun. I bought it during the last ammo shortage and got rid of it. But the reason I got it during the ammo shortage and what makes this 22 super cool is that it's a semi-auto 22, similar to your Marlin Model 60 or your Ruger 10-22, but it will shoot... Um, shorts, longs, and long rifles. Whereas your, you know, 1022 and your Marlin Model 60s and most of your other popular 22 semi-autos are only going to shoot your 22 long rifle, which in normal times is not a big deal. I mean, it's 22 long rifle is usually super common and abundant uh, and the cheapest. So why wouldn't you run it? 
well in times like this where there's an ammo shortage or in a time of scarcity or when you're scavenging for whatever you can get. Uh, having a semi-auto that gives you that semi-auto speed and firepower that will shoot shorts, longs, and long rifles is really cool. They're also very well made. The older Remingtons, you know, the, you know, pre, you know, bankruptcy Remingtons, really good quality, really beautiful gun, and they're just cool. They're just something different, something cool, a little bit lesser known, and they have some real advantages, especially in an ammo crisis where, you know, you can't find 22 long rifle, but maybe your store has a whole bunch of 22 longs. You want to go out and practice without depleting what you have set aside for storage or for, you know, hard times. You just want to go and shoot what they have at the store for just fun and plinking and practice. What else they're really cool for is they have a really long barrel, which with certain types of 22 long rifle ammunition can make them super quiet. Very quiet, even without a silencer, which is another big advantage for a lot of different situations. And again, that's a Remington Speedmaster Model 552. Um, and I'll mention a pistol. So I'll kind of go back and forth between tactical and practical and pistols and rifles and shotguns in this episode. The Beretta 90-2. Now, most people have heard of the Beretta 92, obviously. Um, it served very well in the military. I believe it's one of the finest combat handguns ever produced, if not the finest combat handgun ever made, in my opinion. And I've served with it in in a war and everybody knows about the 92 and the 92a1 for good reason and they're starting to get some more love they're starting to get some of the you know some more of the better reputation that they deserve in my opinion but one of the lesser known ones is the beretta 90-2 and it's like 90- spelled out 2-t-w-o and it is a polymer framed with a rail beretta 92 it came out quite a while ago it never really caught on it was kind of in the time when people loved to hate on the Beretta 92, but it is a really cool and I think one of the most beautiful Beretta 92s, which is already a beautiful gun. I mean, I think the Beretta is just an elegant, beautiful design, and I think the 90-2 is one of the most beautiful um, Beretta 92 variants that came out. It's polymer. It's still got the beautiful lines of the Beretta. It's got a rail, which is super cool. A lot of the just standard Beretta 92s do not have a rail just a really cool gun. I'm not a collector. I have a Beretta 92 Wilson Combat, which is my go-to fighting Beretta, which is why I don't have one of these. But if I was a collector, I think this would be a great one to get that's not worth a buttload of money right now, but I can see in the future this being worth quite a bit of money. And it's the Beretta 90-2 TWO. Really cool gun. Lesser known of the Berettas. The next one I'm going to mention is going to be the Winchester Model 1300. I own one of these, bought it when I was still too young to buy guns, and my mom actually bought it for me, and I sold it. But I still remember how beautiful it was. Just, you know, a, a, a jewel, you know, bolt, pump-action shotgun. A lot of people know about the, you know, uh, Mossberg 500, 590s, the Remington 870s. Those are the two big, prolific pump action shotguns and they're both great and they're they're great guns the winchester 1300 if you're looking for something that just has some amazing quality to it and just some amazing beauty and craftsmanship if you want to go out in the woods or have a all-around all-purpose shotgun that just has a fit and feel of an america that has kind of went away where we were all about producing stuff with quality not pumping it out for big box stores but just a beautiful piece of craftsmanship Sometimes you can find these used at pawn shops at, at gun shows for not a lot of money, 
and they're just a tremendous quality workmanship and beauty and just buttery smooth actions and just a great shotgun, a little bit lesser known. And if you're looking for a new version of that, you can get new. Most people know about the Weatherby, you know, the Weatherby really nice bolt-action rifles and the Weatherby Vanguards. Most people know about Weatherby bolt-action rifles, but Weatherby is importing some really nice pump shotguns that uh, you can get that are just great quality, great beauty. They're not made in America. As far as I know, the only shotguns they make are imported from Turkey, but they have beautiful craftsmanship. So the Weatherby pump-action shotguns, if you're looking for something a little bit different, beautiful, you know, put-together pump-action shotgun, maybe give those a look. If you want some old-world American craftsmanship, get the, you know, Winchester 1300. If you're looking for some, you know, beautiful imported shotgun, the Weatherby pump-action shotguns are great and beautiful. Alright guys, now the next we're going to talk about is just a fun, really cool gun. It would be a really good gun to have for just all-around shooting and plinking, um, medium-sized game hunting, and it is a Taurus Thunderbolt. I've never owned one of these, but I hear really good things um, from people that like guns about them, especially if you're kind of a tinkerer it can smooth out actions. Um, but this was a pump action 357. How cool is that? So if you really love slide actions, if you really love slide action, uh, you know, shotguns, pump action shotguns, if you really like that idea, if you really like manually pumping stuff, this is a Taurus rifle in 357 Magnum. That's a pump action, which should also, I believe, shoot 38 specials. So a great fun plinking gun that can also serve double duty as a hunting gun, you know, a brush gun, a close in range kind of stalking gun with quite a bit of rapid, you know, follow-up shots of it. You consider a pump-action shotgun and how fast you can shoot those. I don't know why you wouldn't be even faster with this because it's got even less travel back and forth because the 357 is going to be shorter than most of your 12-gauge rounds. So they don't make these new anymore, but you can still find them. They're not super coveted from what I understand, but it's the Taurus Thunderbolt, and it's kind of like the old, you know, Old West Colt Lightnings, I believe, that was the pump-action version that came out a long, long time ago. But the Taurus... Um, Thunderbolts, I've heard they may have some feeding issues, but they can easily be corrected if you know how to use, you know, stuff like a file and a, or if you just want to take it to a gunsmith. But the Taurus Thunderbolt, I think that would be a fun gun. You know, shooting can just be fun to go out and shoot. If you want something primarily to just take out to the range and have fun and have kids shoot with 38 specials, it, I doubt it has much recoil. And you could also take it out deer hunting for, you know, in, in the eastern woods, anything east of the Mississippi, where you generally don't take shots over 100 yards. Just a cool, handy, fun little rifle. The next one I'm going to talk about is also a Taurus. It is a Taurus revolver in 357. Now, lots of people make a revolver in 357. My EDC gun that I carry a lot of the times, um, you know, I have it in my pocket right now. It's a Smith & Wesson 357 Scandium frame, super lightweight. It's great, so why would I want a Taurus Poly 357? Well, because the one in my pocket, last I checked, was like $899 MSRP. So $900 for the Scandium Frame 357. Now, I love it and I carry it every day and I trust my life to it and other people's lives to it. So I don't regret spending the money on it. But maybe you're just getting into guns. Maybe you have a lot of other stuff you want to be able to purchase. Maybe you want to actually be able to have money to have ammo to go out and shoot and practice. This Taurus is a polymer frame, also making a very light 357 Magnum. And I remember seeing one of these in a store. And it's one of those guns I passed up that I probably should have bought. 
but I want to say it was like $299 or $399. It was not super expensive. So it's a Taurus Poly 357. I'm not sure the exact model. I'm just doing this from memory. But I remember grabbing it and just thinking, what a really cool gun for not a lot of money. It had, you know, the polymer sleeve that goes around the barrel and then a, obviously a steel barrel inside. And the whole outside was polymer, which means it's probably going to be pretty good on corrosion. Pretty light. And because polymer flexes, I can imagine the recoil is probably better than it is on my Scandium frame 357. Because shooting that is kind of like somebody hitting your hand with an aluminum baseball bat. It's pretty brutal. I've never owned one. But it's one of those guns I kind of wish that I had bought. But again, it's the Taurus polymer frame. 357. I don't know if they still make it, but it's again, it's one of those guns that I don't believe is super coveted, so you can probably find one used at a pawn shop, at a gun store. So keep your eyes out for them if you want something like that. A good EDC 357, obviously test it, make sure it's reliable. Taurus does some really cool, innovative stuff like the last two products we just talked about, but check their quality control, make sure it works for you. That being said, if it doesn't, from what I understand, Taurus has some pretty good. Um, warranty stuff so go if you buy it and you have any issues with it just send it back and they'll fix it and then you still get one for pretty for pretty uh decent price the next one i'm going to talk about is an american made snub nose revolver and it's the charter arms bulldog now a lot of people that have been around guns a long time know about the charter arms bulldog most people think about the older one that came out decades ago but charter arms still makes the bulldog as far as i know a lot of newer people getting into guns just know about the tactical ARs and stuff like that. They don't really know about the Charter Arms Bulldog. So I would say it's lesser known. And what makes it cool is it's still a pocket carryable gun. But instead of being in 38 Special, you know, 38 Special Plus P357 Magnum, like a lot of revolvers are, you can get it in 44 Special. And why 44 Special? Because it's cool. Maybe because you just want to throw a big chunk of lead down range at a moderate velocity. Because it's just a cool round. It's an effective round. It's a cool round. It's 44 special. You know, it's it's just a really cool round. I would not consider myself undergunned if I had a Charter Arms Bulldog in 44 special. And Charter Arms is an American company. American, you know, Charter Arms Bulldog 44 special. Just a cool gun. Next one we're going to talk about is kind of a different variation of a very common gun. I love the Ruger 1022. I have one of my go-to survival guns I had to keep in the back of the Hummer is a breakdown, you know, the 1022 takedown. I've got good, you know, military style peep sights on it. It's super good, reliable, great gun. I also have the one that I bought that I had my mom buy me from Walmart when I was like 16. It's an all-weather 1022. I don't remember how exactly how old I was. I remember I wasn't old enough to legally buy a gun, so my mom bought it for me. Still have it, still shoot it, it's great. That one a lot of time rides in my wife's trunk. But this is a variant that you may not be familiar with, and it's the 1022 International. And if you're familiar with like the World War I style firearms where the wood stock goes all the way to the end of the firearm, it's just a really cool look. I've always thought they were beautiful. Um, the man liquor is kind of an iconic version of that. Just a just a few little just like guns for more than just utility, and you can just enjoy the beauty of a gun. Look up the 1022 International because it is just a freaking beautiful gun in my opinion. Some people might think they're ugly. I think they're amazing and beautiful. And it's the way to get a beautiful gun like that and a gun that you can take out and shoot and plink with. Um, that you're not going to be you know, afraid to take squirrel hunting or you know, drop in a ditch and pick it back out. It gives you some of that beautiful old world style with some of the new 
plinking and fun and shootability. Uh, they make a bunch of different variations of the 1022 International, but just what a cool idea and what a cool way to get some functional beauty into your firearms collection. Also, I'll just quickly mention that Ruger did make their uh, Model 77, and they still may, from time to time, make an international model with that full-length stock. The full-length stock international in 308, if you want, like, a functional, beautiful centerfire rifle, you know, to pass down generation to generation, I think that would be a phenomenal choice. I've always kind of wanted one. I don't have one. But the Ruger uh, 77 international... I believe is what they call it, or the RSI. I don't even know what RSI stands for, but you may want to check those out. They're just gorgeous, gorgeous guns. The next we're going to talk about is a, a new gun. It is a 22 Magnum, and it's kind of based off the Ruger 1022, but it's the Volcorsen 22 Magnum. They make a couple of different versions, but it's a semi-automatic 22 Magnum based on all the things you generally like about the Ruger 1022. Now, this is not a cheap gun. It is a super expensive gun, a super high-end gun, but a super, super cool gun. If you just want a super cool semi-auto 22 Magnum to go out and annihilate, you know, prairie dogs, you know, anything from a prairie dog up to, let's say, a coyote with the right ammunition and the right range, 22 Magnum is a slayer of those things. Um, if you ever get into coon hunting, coon hunting super fun, going out in the, at night in the woods with dogs, um, but a 22 Mag is a go-to for that. If you ever decide you want to trap and hunt for pelts, things like that, uh, 22 mag. Now, this is a super high-end gun, but it would be a, a great gun. It would be a great survival gun because 22 mag is just a great... If you think 22 long rifle is a good survival round, which it is, 22 magnum, you could argue, is as good or better. It gives you a lot of firepower without a lot of extra weight. Everything Volkhorsen makes I've ever seen has just been top quality, which is why it's top money. But just look up the Volkhorsen 22 mags. They are just freaking gorgeous, beautiful, high-end 22 Magnum. Not a lot of people know about them, so I'll throw them a shout-out. They're, you know, they make a great gun. They make a great product. I have some of the Volcors and Trigger Quits in my 1022s, and they're just amazing. And we talked a little bit about survival. If you're talking about, like, wilderness survival, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of an over-under gun, like an over-and-under shotgun, except a double gun or an over-and-under, uh, Combo gun, as they're often referred to, with a rifle and a shotgun. And Chiapa makes these right now. Uh, they make one called the Little Badger. They make one called the Double Badger. You can get them in 22 long rifle over 410. Super cool, super great survival gun. And I, I believe that's a copy of the old Air Force survival rifle. I think it was the AR-6. I could be wrong. Maybe the M6. But anyway, the Army, the Air Force had a version of that for their survival rifle. But the Shiapa Little Badger, they also make the Double Badger. You can get it in 22 Winchester Magnum Rifle, which we just talked about. as a great survival round over a 410 bore. And what's really cool about the 410, because the judge and the governor have really brought that into the realm of self-defense, they make some really cool self-defense loads for that, which you could even be even more effective with in a full-length shotgun barrel. And they also make it, it says here, in a 20-gauge 243. You talk about a really cool, you know, going out, putting food on the table gun. Whether it's a dove, whether it's a grouse, whether it's a deer, whether it's an elk. And yeah, I wouldn't advise shooting an elk with a 243, but I have hunted quite a bit of elk. And I have taken, I was going to say the vast majority, but I may have taken all of my elk with a 243. Obviously, with the right shot placement where it's legal, 
knowing your limitations, knowing how good a shooter you are, wouldn't be my go-to. But for a putting meat on the table gun, a 20 gauge over 243, you talk about an awesome combination and a combination gun. Super cool. They don't look like they weigh a whole lot. They'd be great. I believe they fold in half or they fold up. So great for a backpack gun. Talking about for a bug out bag, for an extended wilderness stay bag, that would be a great thing to have. I grew up hunting grew up hunting in the eastern U.S., you know, with a 410 shotgun. The first shotgun I ever had, I guess the first firearm I ever actually, if you want to consider owned, was given to me by my uncle, and it was a 410 bolt-action Mossberg shotgun. And I hunted all over with that thing, and it was great. And I passed it on to my nephew. And sometimes you don't need or want a 12-gauge. If you're hunting things like squirrels and rabbits or pest control, 410 is great and the ammo is lighter, which in a survival scenario, in a scenario where you're carrying everything on your back, literally, or in your hands, or carrying it on your body, lighter weight ammo is big. And if you shoot a dove with a 410 or you shoot a dove with a 12 gauge, only a couple of those pellets are needed to hit the target to do the killing. So why carry all the extra weight? That 410, 243, man, talk about a cool gun. So I just looked them up, and MSRP um, for the 410-22 long rifle is like $441, and for the 410-243, it's $647. Talk about a really cool gun for not a lot of money. That's really cool. Now, I mentioned on the internet, uh, 243 over 20 gauge. I looked on their website on Shiapa. They don't list it. They listed it on the internet. Maybe it's something they used to make and they don't make anymore. Um, but either way, if you could get one in 20 gauge or get one in 410, that's kind of your choice. But it does show that they still make one in 243, uh, 410, which would just be an amazing all around. Like, I'm going out and I want to put meat on the table. That would be an amazing gun for that. Alright guys, the next one is going to be the Hawa Mini. And what makes this cool is it's a bolt-action rifle, but it has a mini-action for things like the 223, like the 6.5 Grendel. Now a lot of firearms, they have what's called a standard action, and then maybe a, ma a magnum-length action, or you sometimes heard it referred to as short action, long action, magnum action. And they'll just take like a 308 sized gun and put a 223 in it if you want a 223 or you want a 6.5 Grendel. But the Howa Mini doesn't. The Howa Mini makes an action that's scaled down for the 223, for the 6.5 Grendel. I, I believe they make one in 7.62 by 39. So you get a bolt action gun with plenty of power to hunt, you know, medium to large game in a smaller package. And sometimes you're hunting in country where you do a lot of walking, you do a lot of hiking. You know, that saying, ounces equal pounds and pounds equal pain. The ammo's lighter, the gun's lighter. Also, if you get fast with it, you're going to have less travel with that bolt, so you should be able to run it faster than a full-length action. Probably be a good choice for a youth shooter, for a female. Heck, even for me. I mean, I like small, handy rifles. And this how a uh, mini kind of reminds me of, you know, a Remington Model 7. A Remington Model 7, not the 700, a Remington Model 7, or I believe the 600. Just a shorter, compact version of a great hunting rifle. So the Howa Mini, you might want to give those a check. They're pretty cool. And until recently, I'm not even sure I knew they existed. But just a super cool gun. If you're looking for all-around hunting cartridge, um, the 6.5 Grendel, not the 6.5 Creedmoor that gets all the notoriety, but they make it in the 6.5 Grendel, which is super cool round, super effective, super efficient. And it's, like you said, lesser known. It's something a little bit different. All right, guys, with that,
Let's start winding down this episode of Gunfighter Life and Lesser Known Guns and just hanging around and chatting about guns, guys. I would love to hear your comments on some of your Lesser Known Guns. Maybe I'll learn about a gun that's really super cool that I didn't know about. So the easiest way to do that, if you listen to iTunes or something like that where you can leave a review, um, go ahead and leave a review and put in there a great episode. My favorite Lesser Known Gun is X or Y. Let me know. Let everybody else know, too. Like I said, this is a community. If you want to support, you know, a free way to support for you, all it costs you is a little bit of time, um, is to like, subscribe, and like I said, write a review. If you want to support financially, if you think this content is worth a dollar a month, you can go to Patreon. Go to Patreon, type in goodshepherdtraining.com. It's the umbrella that houses this podcast and a few others that we do. I'll talk about in a second. Uh, but Patreon, you can type in Good Shepherd Training. You can type in Gunfighter Life. It'll pop up on there. These podcasts are free to listen to, and I want it to stay that way, but sadly, they're not free to produce and put out. So if you want to support, I hope you consider supporting with a dollar a month. And if you don't have it or you don't have it in your heart to give, then don't, and don't feel guilty about it. If you like this podcast, you also may like the Alpha Male Podcast. If you're manly enough to give that one a listen, check out the Alpha Male Podcast. Um... I'm very humbled that it's doing quite well. Wherever platform you listen to this on, you can probably find the Alpha Male Podcast. And if you care about the important stuff, then check out Simple Man Sermons, the preachings of a simple man called by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Again, consider supporting on Patreon. Go to goodshepherdtraining.com if you want to check out if you're a more visual person. Goodshepherdtraining.com. You'll also find uh, stuff on the Alpha Male Podcast and Simple Man Sermons on there. For all the gunfighters out there, close with a scripture. Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Psalm 144. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.